again, everyone, and welcome inside another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner. It is episode, AJ, number 26. Ooh, you got it right this time. I did. You had to correct me after last week. <laughs> he, of course, is the former Oriole and five-time All-Star. I'm Jerry Coleman. Today in episode 26, we're going to be joined by Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. He's just around the corner. He was an all-star in 2021, pitched in the World Series for the Phillies last year. Adam and I also will talk about major leaguers and the one-handed catch. In addition, beer sales in baseball. Is it prudent to move those back to the eighth inning? Uh, One player objects to that. Plus, Odell Beckham Jr. says he has no assurances he's going to play with Lamar Jackson. We'll react, react to the wide receivers press conference and comments this past week and Qualify someone for another Miss Shirley's gift card in our socially speaking segment. We begin, though, with our featured guest. He was the opening day starter for the Orioles. He joins us here for the first time on the Adam Jones podcast. He is Kyle Gibson. Kyle, thanks for taking the time and being with us this week. Hey, guys. No problem. Good to see you guys. Let let me start off and thank you again uh, with your acclamation to the Orioles and the expectations when you came over. How is it comparing to your days in Philly and Minnesota? I know it's early, but, uh, of course, you just came off a World Series appearance with the Phils. So how have things started out for you in Baltimore working inside that clubhouse? Yeah, you know, I really – going through the free agency this year was, you know, a little different with uh, knowing that I was three years older, um, knowing that I was coming off – especially September where I didn't throw as well in September. So you really kind of never know how that momentum carries into the offseason. But – um, had the chance to join a few different, you know, really quality teams. And, and it came down to where this team was going in the direction. And that's kind of where I wanted to lead into spring training because spring training with a young team, you know, AJ can, can you know, vibe for this. With a young team, I kind of felt like there was going to be some bumps and bruises and some days where you're scratching your head like, man, what is going on here? Um, but these guys have such a good head on their shoulders. They uh, far above any expectations, I thought. Um, every young guy that they've developed and they've brought in uh, just handles their business in a really professional way. And I think it's going to let these guys reach their ceiling even faster because they're not going to go through some of the growing pains and some of the, the mental mistakes that a lot of young guys probably go through because of maybe the lack of focus from day to day. But these guys don't lack that. It's been pretty special. It'd be great to have you here, baby. Uh, miss Miss battling against you, man. We we had some battles. Um, uh, AJ, AJ, this morning I had deja vu, right? So the other day I uh, gave up an 0-2 slider home run to Berger, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to AJ this morning. How many times did I give up a hit to him? And he looked at me and said, hey, throw the sinker, Gibby. Throw the sinker and you had me. And guess what? If I threw a sinker in that 0-2 count, I probably had a ground you ball sitting me. there waiting on me. You got me, man. <laughs> You got me when you do that, but you, you give me a chance. You give me this lighter. Um, saying, how has your knowledge and veteran leadership? I mean, you've been around. You, 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 you're ten years. You've been a, you've been around the game. How has that helped? By and especially with last year being in, in the World Series, being around Wheeler, being around some, some some dogs. How has that helped with this new staff? Like you're the you're again the ace of it. You're the opening day starter, like you were in Minnesota. You're leaned upon. You're going to be asked the tough questions, not just baseball questions. You're going to be asked the tough life questions. Some of these, some of these 23, 24-year-olds. You're, you're the older statesman like Adam Frazier is for the position players. How is that that role when – because this is the first time in your career, really, where you're like dad in a way. Or something. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, it's been fun. And I think um, what makes it a little bit more enjoyable is that I feel like I'm getting asked – 
questions that are pretty productive, right? I don't feel like they're just questions that are kind of like the question of the day just to create a conversation. These are questions that are, you know, hopefully guys have a reason behind it, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and just the impact on their day-to-day routine maybe uh, is what they're looking for. And um, I think my goal coming in here was just to try to be as approachable as possible. Um, you know, I've, I've been there, you know, whether it's uh, Mike Pelfrey, Kevin Correa, Phil Hughes, like, you know, I was, uh, I was nervous on the golf course with Mike Pelfrey one of my first couple of times, right? Like probably asking these silly questions, but uh, he made himself approachable and those guys made themselves available and made me feel comfortable talking to them. So that's my goal with these guys is to, to be approachable, be there when somebody's going through a hard time. Uh, yesterday during the game, get asked a question and somebody says, hey, do you talk while you pitch? I was like, yeah, sure. With that, with being approachable, do you think that you've helped some of the starters, especially early in the season, combat the nervousness, combat the big inning? Okay, I gave up three right here. Like, oh, man, instead of going into the crapper, just like, look, hey, you gave up three. We got an offense. Come on. We need you. Get back on there and shake that first, first shake the first two bad innings and go out there and still throw five, still throw six and give a good start. How have you been approachable? How is, do you think that's helped pitchers combat that uh, that bad inning and be like, look, I gave up two or three. Ah, keep my head is in the sand. You think being approachable and like, look at, Hey, bad inning. We all had them. We need you for four more. We need you to combat this. We need you to get back out there, get back on the grind. Yeah. So my, my last spring training outing, I think I gave up four or five to the Yankees and uh, still got through, you know, five or five and a third, whatever I was supposed to get through. And um, a couple of people came up and was like, Hey, you know, that looked a little different. You know, tell me, tell me your mindset there. And, you know, Jonesy, I don't remember when it was, but there was a time probably in like 2017 or 2018 where I just kind of made a decision. Listen, I'm not going to waste any inning that I get, and I'm going to root my confidence in this preparation that I do because I do quite a bit of preparation. And if I give up two or three runs, I'm going to go to the next inning. And I've got – I have the chance to get multiple zeros here, even if you have a, a bad first inning. And um, some of that just goes back to that decision is where I'm not going to let – one inning affect the next three. Uh, every inning, I've got a chance to go out there and get three outs and put up a zero. And the more innings you waste, those are going to build up. <clears throat> Excuse me, just like at bats during the year. You know that. The more at bats you waste, you look at the end of the year, and maybe you've given away 60 at bats. Maybe I've given away 20 innings. That could have been zeros or at least limited damage if I just had a little bit better mindset. We'll hear more from Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson in just a moment. But first, a word from our dedicated loyal sponsors. Go out and support these fine folks. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by the locally owned and operated Miss Shirley's Cafe, an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch restaurant with three locations in Maryland. Miss Shirley's has been featured on Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Triple D Nation, as well as Travel Channel's Food Paradise. Miss Shirley's Cafe has also been named Maryland's favorite restaurant by the Restaurant Association of Maryland. Visit Miss Shirley's Cafe in Roland Park, Inner Harbor, and Annapolis. Go to MissShirley's.com. Also by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. That's BMW. Of Towson, easily located just off York Road and exit 26A on 695. BMW of Towson, very customer friendly. By Be More Around Town, which is now booking for their hashtag Orange Road Trips to Atlanta, Wrigley Field, San Francisco, which includes a pit stop in Napa Valley, and Yankee Stadium, among others. Learn more now at BeMoreAroundTown.com. By the very respected folks at the Weinman Company. 
by Hollywood Casino Perryville. To some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, and you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash. Plus, get up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit gleaf.com. Gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for Maryland patients only. And the Baltimore Banner. The Banner is offering six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. To get started, visit thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ. And now let's hear more from Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson here on the Adam Jones podcast. Speaking of decisions, Kyle, your decision to come to the Orioles as a free agent, the dimension changes at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, they factor into your decision. And what's the perspective of your fellow pitchers who don't pitch at Camden Yards looking at the new dimensions of Oriole Park? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it factored in too much for me. Um, I'm trying to avoid deep fly balls at all costs. So uh, I think there's obviously a benefit. Um, but things like, you know, the team defense, you know, the conversations that I have with Chris Holton and Darren Holmes and, um, you know, just learning more about Adley and, and just, you know, how good of a player he is. I think, you know, those are more factors than, than necessarily the, the field itself. I've always enjoyed Camden. Um, you know, I, the look of it is very different, obviously. Um, but, hey, I, I guess we'll find out at the end of the year if it saves us more home runs than it costs us or whatever it is. But I enjoy that every field is different. I, if all of them were 330, 370, and 400, I think it'd be pretty boring. That's one thing baseball has is unique to all sports, than every other sport, is that all the ballparks are different. In Japan, majority are the same. So it kind of like it took me back to like, damn, it's like high school because everything's the same. <laughs> um, but how have you how have you enjoyed the city of Baltimore? Have you got acclimated? Um, I know we talk about sports all the time, but, you know, have you got acclimated? Found any local restaurants? I got a place, Abbey Burger, got has a burger on the menu. I, you look like you like a burger and a beer. I mean, <laughs> I love burgers. I love burgers. I've, you know what, AJ? I've always loved going to Baltimore. Um, you know, it didn't really matter where we stayed. The Little Italy uh, spot on the oh. east side of Inner Harbor is just awesome. I'm learning more about Fed Hill. Uh, we stayed there in that area for the first homestand. And, um, you know, there's a couple of Italian places that, that I've just had a really good dinner there in Little Italy. And then Vaccaro's, Vaccaro's uh, dessert is like an Italian pastry shop. And that's probably one of my favorite dessert spots in the entire league. So um, I've always enjoyed Baltimore as a visiting player. And I'm looking forward to kind of getting into those spots that I've enjoyed uh, over the first you know, nine or ten years of my career. Kyle, you said it. When the Orioles brought you in, they were looking for you to be a veteran presence, eat up innings, win some games. The term innings eater is so prevalent these days. Is that kind of insulting, though, as a pitcher? It's like, okay, I'm not there just to earn innings. I'm there to earn a victory and keep the other team off the scoreboard, not just eat up innings. Well, you know, I think, honestly, the first time through spring – through not spring training, through free agency – 
that really didn't get brought up a whole lot. Um, this time through, it was kind of a prevalent conversation where um, I've been really fortunate. I can't sit here and, and uh, say all of my lack of injuries is because I have this amazing program that I, you know, am going to always stay healthy because you never know. But I've been really fortunate where I've been able to stay healthy and, you know, make 30 starts a year for the most part. And um, I think that was something that, that, you know, helped my case a little bit this offseason was, was being able to stay healthy and, and posting up every five or six days. And um, I do take pride in that. You know, I, I do take pride in the in-between program to make sure that when the fifth day comes around, I feel my best. I do things a little bit different when it comes to, you know, no throwing day after I pitch. You know, I do a few different workouts now that I'm 35 and a little bit older. Um, you know, just, just do different things in between starts to make sure that when day five comes around, you know, I feel the best. Because uh, I used to lift a little bit heavier, used to do different things to kind of push my body a little bit. That maybe kind of impacted that recovery. But um, I'm trying to do that a little bit better. Um, but I don't necessarily take offense to innings either because I think if, you know, if you're throwing quality innings and eating innings, that's really what they mean by that. Kyle, I appreciate your time. We know you got a game to get to, a pitching appearance to uh, prepare yourself for, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you during the season, hopefully again. Thank you, guys. Great talking with you. Well, Adam, I'll tell you, seven major league years for him with at least 29 starts made, and three of those seasons posted an ERA under four. Uh, big anchor of the staff, one-year deal, $10 million, kind of replaced Jordan Lyles in a lot of ways, yeah, I mean, and I think has a better resume. He's, he said it right, though. Innings eater is not a bad thing. That means because you're not going to allow somebody to throw any, like you have a six ERA and throw 180 innings. I don't think you're going to do that. That's not a that's not a recipe for success. I'm sorry. Um, so that that means he's been he's been healthy, but he's, he's again he's thrown good innings and he's not just innings eater. He's he grew up around some really good dudes and he, like he said right with Pelfrey, who I faced and uh, Phil Hughes I faced and you know we all grew up together around some just a good generation of guys who were approachable. Like he said, when you're an open book as a player, as a vet for the young players to to go talk to the veteran player, like you and you have an open book, it makes a world of a difference. Trust me, uh, when you have guys that are just old school and just don't want to talk to you get piss off kid and like, things like that like that makes it that makes you know that makes me want to beat you beat you beat you take your job and like laugh at you opposed to like win with you you know what i mean like but that's again generations and when you get you have you still have guys like that though that are just straight jerks yep but majority of guys are just awesome dudes who are like hey this is how you be successful with it. this is how you maintain this level of success this is how you want to stay in the big leagues this is how you do it not why should you stay in the big leagues? There's no people like that. Why should, I should be in the big leagues? No, no. How? How you get sent down? Well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't focus on this. You want to do this rather than do this. So you um, had some success. They, they had that. You had some success against him when he was with the Twins. I did look that up, but I didn't want to mention that during the interview. <laughs> I did. I mean, I had success against a lot of people. A lot of people had my number two. I mean, it's, it, the thing about it is, I think the the guys that I had success against are guys that pounded the strike zone. I think, you know, guys who weren't afraid to, you know, 2-0. All right, here, here's, here's the fastball. Let's see what you can do. And I did a lot when I could do it, and they gave it to me. But uh, he was a competitor. He got me out a lot of times, too. Broke a lot of bats. I know that damn sinker. I told him all the time, you give me 0-2, stop throwing that damn slider, man. I'm going to hit it. But you throw me a sinker, you got me jammed out. Okay, I can't beat out a ground ball to third base. Nobody's beating that out. So, you know, you play you play tricks with him. Then next time I get him 0-2, I'm sitting inside opening up and just lacing something down the line. It's mind tricks, baby. 
All right, Adam, some more about the Orioles, and we appreciate Kyle Gibson, as always, for being a part of the podcast. But let's move to our For the Birds portion. And you, as a former veteran outfielder, I would love to get your thoughts on what we're seeing with the lack of defense with the Orioles. And it's some of the simple things that you learn in spring training, like catching the ball with two hands. Although in the major leagues, I don't see a lot of guys catching with two hands, but you know especially me as a little leaguer, because that was the highlight of my baseball career. Always mm-hmm. taught two hands, Coleman, two hands. Yeah. You're not that good. Exactly. And, you know, the most people that are teaching this are just dads or mechanics, you know, just playing the sport, teaching themselves how to play the sport also. Uh, when you're in the major leagues, you make catches. You can catch the ball with one hand. You know, I, I think that you should be able to catch the ball with one hand. And I you know I would go back to Boston with um, uh, the young man. I forgot. I think it was them. And he dropped the ball. I know it could have been the last out, but he manned up and said, hey, Ryan McKenna, Ryan McKenna. He said, hey, I got to catch this ball. And, you know, I, I hate this adage, though, in this narrative of two hands. Just shut the hell up. Two hands. All my catches, my best catches, all the best catches you see in baseball history, all of them, except Jim Edmonds catch and Willie Mays's catch over like over the shoulder are with two hands or with one. Everything else is one hand. Everything else is with one. Every great catch is with one hand. You should be able to catch the ball like this. I get it doing like this, but you know that it kind of blocks you to do it like this. You teach a kid to do that, so he brings his hand over. But as an adult, it kind of blocks you. So it's kind of easier, gold glove center fielder, versus the normal dad who just got done changing the oil. No disrespect to people that change oil. We all I've need caught, oil changes. I've caught, exactly. BMW. I've caught thousands of balls just like this, like this, and like this. I've dropped, the only balls I've I dropped have been like this. I've dropped a few, not many, but I've dropped some like that. And again, if you're at the major league level, you should be able to, you should you should catch the ball. And whenever somebody, whenever a commentator says, "Oh, two hands," shut the hell up, shut up. No one catches the ball with two hands anymore. I'm sorry. It just it's just not at the major league level. And this is how you taught. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's just is what it is. I'm sorry. And and Adam, isn't it more difficult too if there's a runner on third tagging up and you're trying to catch with two hands to make that throw? No. No, see, there's a the thing though. Is when someone is when someone is running and trying to like make a catch, like of course you, you're going towards the ball, and there's a diff- it's a completely different tour, bit, the different uh, attack towards the ball. When I'm trying to catch the ball and going towards it and trying to throw someone out, I would try and catch it on the right side of myself, but trying to catch it in front of me, so I'm on my momentum. I love that word, momentum. Obviously, is taking me this way so that I can catch it and get rid of. But I want it on my right side because that's where my arm is at. Some people want to catch it one-handed, bring it all the way back over. That's too much time. The proper way to do it, which I was taught, I mean, I, I threw a few people out, was to catch the ball, I'll put it in camera, to catch the ball on my right side, but like mid, like just like right at this eye level to where I can catch it, and I can come here and transfer from my arm. Me, I was good at it because it helped because I was a shortstop, so I knew the transfer part. But I had to just learn to, you know, consistently catch it on my catch it on this side, catch it on this side, because normally I want to catch it on this side with nobody on or anything like that. But if somebody was running, I had to catch it on my right side. What These are things the last, that I like easily taught. When was the last time you were actually lectured by a coach or manager about, hey, two hands? Was it Little League? Uh, no, it was it was probably pro ball. No, no, honestly, honestly, no, I don't think it was pro ball, um, because once I got out to the outfield, it was like, man, catch the ball and get the ball in as quick as possible. <laughs> like it's just like catch the ball, you know what I mean? Um, they always, but it's always that fan who's catch the ball with two hands, and you watch many people try and catch the ball in the stands, and like we get it, okay? But I'm just saying, it's 
I know it's the old adage, catch the ball with two hands. It's the sure. old school way. It's the the way you teach a kid. That's the way you teach a kid. Remember that. That's the way you teach a kid. I'm teaching my kids right now how to do the, the beginnings of all these sports. I'm I'm not showing them Nadal videos. I'm not showing them Serena Arena videos. I'm not showing them Tiger videos. I'm showing them, I'm showing them like the the high schoolers, the ones that you know what I mean. These are the kids that are just a little bit above you, and they're still making mistakes. And they're, but they're so much better. Like no man, take your time. It's okay. But in the big leagues, catch the damn ball. That's just just catch the ball and shut up, people with two hands. Shut all right. Up. Well. Speaking of being instructional, like you are with the kids, I did want to ask you about with the Orioles. I mean, you know, there have been some defensive miscues and they keep Mm -hmm. saying, "Okay, we got to work on them. We got to work on them. But isn't that what spring training is for? How much work can you get accomplished during the season defensively, Adam? Well, during the season, I mean, the situations are real in spring training. All you can do is prepare yourself for all the situations. And you have to understand spring training. Not everybody has played together. You know what I mean? Like, Rushman, Rushman didn't catch everybody. Mullins was gone. Again, they played with each other before, but it's still new. It's, you know, people may have gained weight. People may have lost weight. People may have lost a step, gained a step. There's so many different factors. And we don't play every day every with each other every single day, and especially with the outfield. There's such a uh, you know, revolving door going around. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Santander's DHing, then Barber's in right, then McKenna's in right, then McKenna's in left, then Hayes is in right. You know, obviously Mullins main stays in center, then McCullough plays center, McKenna plays center. So it's it's just a revolving door a little bit. But at the same time, these guys are professionals. They know each other. It's just a matter about just covering your – it's always the thing, just cover your own ass. Don't worry about his ass. That's Kirby says, like, you can only wipe your ass. Just wipe yours. <laughs> Let him wipe his own. Not enough just toilet cover. paper for everybody. No, right. just, cover, just cover yours. And, that's what, and they got the athleticism. So, you know, they have everything going for them. These are just early season mistakes that just that happen. A lot of other teams are making them. Um, they just happen. Now it's just especially with young teams. So what you have to do is you just got to keep working on them, keep emphasizing them. And with technology and with video and with all this stuff, it's easy to have with the meetings that we have and that they have in the big leagues now. It's easy to just take the guys aside and look at. You just got to get better communication. You got to do this. We got to do that. These are all things that pros do. That's why they call it adjustments. And you know it's like when a shooter is struggling shooting. What does he do? He goes out a little bit early and get his shots up. And what does a, a, a quarterback do when his accuracy's up, messed up? Goes and practices a little more. So just got to put in the extra work. That's the only way for any of this to get done. Only way to be successful in a major league is to work. There's no other way to do it. You can fathom it. You can dream it. You can write it on your fantasy, which 99% of people who dream of playing this game is. But you have to put in the work. How many no. home runs did uh, we know about the famous Machado catch in the WBC? Yeah. You've seen others. Did, did you keep a track of how many home runs you took away from ball players? I don't know the exact number. I believe it's around 10. I don't know the exact number. You cost um, some people some money. I cost a lot of people some money, and I help people make a lot of money with my legs and running bases and all that kind of stuff and defensive catches. And, you know, it's both sides of it. They help me make a lot of money, too, by giving me the opportunity to show my talent. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, my, my biggest pride of, but of playing defense though, was for a, like a five, six year stretch. I played the shallowest of all center fielders in the game and I played 299 feet. What I did was I took away everybody's singles. You get a single, like a short line drive, a blooper. Sorry. Now you smoke a ball off the wall. I'm, I'm an offensive center fielder. That's not up to me. That's just great hit. Sorry, pitcher. You shouldn't have hung that. But if you make a great pitch, 
and you and they and they hit a just a blooper or jam shot, I'm always I was always there. Now if they lay something, I'm gonna try, but I I mean it is what it is. But it was a pride. And then I remember when Dan was like, ah, we got to get you to move back and do this. And I, and I was like, I fought against it because I'm like, dude, I'm having success doing what I'm doing. Once you get the guys around me, get you know, you get some gold glovers that I had around me, I probably might be still pretty good in your eyes. <laughs> but uh, I probably lost a step at that time. And, you know, but it's just understanding, like, you know, you got to play defense. Defense is a, is a, is a, is a, is emotional. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, it's a trait to me. Like, you got to be a bulldog. Some people don't have bulldog in them. It's what it is. Some people just don't have the bulldog in them. It is what it is. Uh, and most people don't have bulldog in them. Well, I, I mean, I got it in me, man. When I was, you gave me that glove, a coach told me a long time ago when I was in Alabama, I just moved to Alfield. He said, hey, if it's the grass, that's your ass. And I was like, <laughs> okay. All right, enough said. You don't need to tell me much more. Just like when I got there, Dave Trembley told me, hey, this is your job to lose. Took a long time for me to lose that job. Buck Showalter, when he said, I need you to be a leader, I need you to play this game hard, I need you to run this team. I, I don't need you to sit there and be like, excuse me, I need you to put your hands right here and do this. And uh-uh. Nah, when you got a bulldog, let him eat, man. What was the toughest outfield for you to play in? Would it be a, a place like Fenway where the dimensions are all wacky, Adam? Fenway, yeah, no, it's crazy. Fenway, I learned Fenway well because I learned the wall. I learned to not – I can't defend the wall. I can't defend something that is just – monstrous i can't defend it so what i did was i learned that if play right center and try to play the big part of of the right center part of the park since it's 420 out there great number um coming up soon and and i'm like ah damn this so let me just figure out that if the ball's hit hard this way i can't catch it's 370 to the gap line drive is off the wall so play this way um the hard ones i would ah i mean there's always ones that were new i mean with me i had a conversation with a friend of mine we're talking about Tampa because it's, since it's a turf, uh, it's turf um, um, warning track also. So he's like, "How did you know?" I'm like, "That's a really good question." Like, I, me saying it like you're just supposed to know, but like I remember going out there and measuring my steps and like not being afraid to take off, take my eye off the ball. But I went out there early, practiced on with Kirby, hitting the balls high and like counting my steps once I get to the uh, to the warning track. And I just learned that most ballparks with my stepping was one and a half steps. If I feel a step early in grass and dirt immediately, I know I got one more step and I got to jump or brace myself because I'm hitting the wall. But if I knew if I stepped in the middle of it, it's one step and I got to jump. So it was honestly, it was knowing where you were at. And I knew every single ballpark. I know still to this day, I know every single ballpark and how many steps, who has the big warning tracks, whose warning track is shorter because it's, I mean, it's, I think you're supposed to know your job. You're supposed to know your domain. Yeah. Well, that catwalk in uh, in the yeah. trap is what in play, out of play. I can't. Get it's so for it's in play, but the one that is for us for the outfield. If they hit the one for center fielder, oh, I mean that's like five sixty. I mean, I mean, I, I personally have not had one hit the center field hit that one. I've seen them hit right and left, but I've never hit seen one hit the center. I mean that that is a tank. I'm talking about that's going up on top top. That that person needs to play in that old beer league softball home run challenge. That's and the. <laughs> Pitcher needs to go throw his glove and all that stuff in the trash like Tyler Rogers did. All right. Well, I, wow. I want to address something real quickly because during a group chat this week, you wondered, you questioned, how in the hell did I get inside the Orioles clubhouse? Are you credentialed? Yeah. yeah. That was my second trip inside the clubhouse. The previous podcast, I talked about how respectful Gunnar Henderson was. This was to see Kyle Gibson, our guest. 
Uh, the Orioles have been extremely cooperative. I guess they're looking the other way because I'm working for the Baltimore Banner and on the Adam Jones podcast. But I'll make cameo appearances. And speaking of cameo, that's where you can find me at cameo.com uh, for a short price. All right, let's transition. Unless you want to add something to what I just had. No, to I say. mean it's, it's like, just I still wonder how to even do that. Like, you know how? Uh, but okay, veteran hey. presence. It's okay. It's okay. That, that's respectable. I respect that. Yep. We, we appreciate all the cooperation we get from the <laughs> Orioles. Sure. Let's move to the Ravens, who actually cooperated. They let me in for the Odell Beckham Jr. press conference. I'll say this reluctantly, but they let me in. And ODB says he got no assurances about Lamar being his quarterback. So what do you think is his motivation for coming to the Ravens? For me, money has to be a big part of it because I didn't see other teams throwing money his way. But I also have to think in the back of his mind, he knows he's going to end up playing with Lamar for at least another season, AJ. I mean, as, as again, as of now, Lamar is is a Raven, um, tentatively. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, again, Lamar, that's the biggest bag. I mean, not Lamar, uh, Odell, that's the biggest bag he's got, he can get. I've seen things where he where reports you somebody he uh, had similar offers by the Jets. He went to the Jets uh, and said, hey, yeah. can you match this? And they were and like, no. Like, no. So if, you know, again, at, at the end, when you start to sign one-year deals, you go, I mean, Kirk Cousins is the perfect example of it. When you sign a one-year deal, you get the biggest one you can get because it's a one-year deal and you go after opportunity. Um, I mean, the Jets, the opportunity play with Aaron Rodgers again, but he won't be the number one, but he wouldn't be the number one receiver there. You know what I mean? They have a big, they got a really good team, the Jets do, but you get to play with Aaron Rodgers, who is like always going to throw the ball. Lamar is a damn good throw passer, but. You know, throw he ain't gonna throw it like Rogers. Rogers always throws the ball, um, but he took the biggest bag. And but again, these these guys are in the same circles. So they, they know this, like, just age gaps and age differences, but they know the same people. Um, you know, it'd be great. It'd be explosive if them two could play together. I mean, how Lamar can escape the pocket and how Odell can break off his route. I mean, you you got that that, that could be so fun. And again, we talked about it last week. Is that Odell ain't ain't been hit. So he's got his fresher, like man, it could be it could be really, really fun for the Ravens if them two uh if if, if they could work together. And then you add the tight end, Andrews. I mean, like you got three, you got Dynamic the best tight end. I, I mean, that's a one B with with yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. Um, but you got just and then the backfield. You got it's, Dobbins you, and Edwards. Have healthy. Like if you if you get these guys healthy, like your offense can be so explosive. They never had a Pro Bowl receiver. I'm not saying this year could be the year, but you can have a you can have receivers that are getting more respect across the league, opposed to just talking about the running back and talking about just the quarterback. You can just the defense. Like, look, we got some receivers here that's got some dogs in them too. So, you know, that would be that's a great addition. But you need the quarterback. Uh, you know, I know Huntley's a hell of a talent, and no disrespect to him, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Lamar. No. Yeah, that, so it could be a it could be a perfect marriage, but at the end of the day, it just has to work first. Lamar has to say, I do. Yeah. He needs to get on the field and start working together with Odell and not just hanging at the, but who's, but, but who's, but who's to say, who's to say he hasn't been working with Odell though. Again, these guys are in the same circles. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I love about Lamar. And I love about a lot of dudes. They don't post their workouts. Huh? You post your workout for nobody give a damn that you lifting that. Congratulations. Yeah. You can bench press. Congratulations it. on no doing your cares. job. No one cares. You're working out. Congratulations. I thought you, I thought you already did it. And then she's supposed to, you know, according to the sports world, you're supposed to be up before dawn, like my, like a uh, Rocky. You know, that's how people think that athletes are supposed to train. Um, but 
who's to say they haven't been working? I don't know. Again, I'm not in their circle, but, you know, athletes work out and train together, especially the Florida boys. They tra- the Southern boys, they train together all the time. They always have. And, you know, who's to say they haven't been running routes together and working in quiet together? You know what I mean? Well, it seems like it's an exciting time as the Ravens gear up for the draft. And then we are told, and I've been promising, we'll have the general manager and coach on, Adam. You have my word. You have my word because I have their word (laughs) right after the draft is what I've been told. Let's take a trip beyond Baltimore, our national perspective on things going on outside of the Charm City. So we're staying with baseball here because games are down by average of a half hour. And now there are four individual Major League Baseball clubs that are seeing a lack of beer sales because these games are going right by lickety split. So they're going to allow fans now, these four teams, and they would be the Phillies, the Diamondbacks. I'm sorry, they would be the Diamondbacks, the Twins, the Rangers, and the Brewers. Phillies pitcher Matt Strom feels that teams should actually stop selling beer earlier because – you know, baseball loves to promote safety and all that, but if you're serving beers in the eighth inning, guys are chugging them down and then getting in their cars or gals, and we know how that ends up sometimes. 100%. It's never a good thing. Um, that's that's a big problem. That was going to be a big problem, underlining problem that people didn't really think about. They're just, you know, people were just talking about this time of games and all that, and but no, um, it's a bigger issue uh, just because it's money. When it, when it comes to money. Totally. You know, <laughs> It comes to money, and you see some of these lines, and you know, with the pitch with the pitch clock, you can get in line, and you say, "I'm gonna get a beer in the top second. You can come back, and it could be bottom three very quickly. Like if these, there's two, one, two, three, like back to back, one, two, three innings. You come back, you're like, well, well, damn. I remember I told you when I was at spring training, I was was up there talking with Elias, and we just talking. I'm like, hold on, this is the seventh inning stretch. It's still light outside. Like, <laughs> I've never played a night game with a seventh inning stretch. Like, like it. The games are speeding up. I think it's good for for the game, obviously, to speed up as, you know, you, people want quicker games. They can get home at 10, 10.30, a reasonable time, instead of 11, 11.30. That hour makes a big difference. Um, but it, it's going to be a problem. Fans want their beer. Uh, you don't want you don't want people drinking in the parking lot or drinking upon arrival. <laughs> obviously, you want, them to, you want them to buy your product. But there has to be a uh, – a, a compromise somewhere again that's not my department so uh there, but there has to be a compromise somewhere and it's just a matter of of how you do that i'm not in that department but uh you know having fans is you know not as many drinks not as many beers it's like i don't know it's I, as a as a fan i like a beer and a dog so when I as an outfielder you don't like a fan drunk in the eighth inning giving you crap well, I mean, they stop in the seventh, but I mean, I don't mind it. If, well, if they you know, start I, serving I, in the eighth now with this new policy, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, again, I, as a fan, I don't mind if you're drunk giving me crap. I mind if you just. I don't care what you are. Just don't be cussing and be belligerently loud amongst these all these other fans. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what always ticks me off. You're in outfield and you're trying to get my attention. I am like 80 feet from you. Only way to do it is to scream as loud as you can. And if I hear you, that means that people. 80 feet each way and upwards and probably even more can hear you. So, you know, and what, what you want to do, turn around and give you, I'd say, Hey, hey how buddy. are you? No, you're going to say, you son of a bitch, you suck. And everybody just looking at you like, some people are going to be like, yeah, he sucks. And they'll be like, you look like an idiot. 
yeah. the person doesn't care nonetheless. So I don't care, but it's just whenever someone just starts yelling and cussing and be belligerent, things like that. Because again, there's kids there. Say I suck, I struck out. Ah, you should have swung at that. Ha ha! You didn't do that. Your team sucks. Or you're good or whatever. Like I love that banter. That's what's that's sports. Getting personal, cussing at me and stuff like that. Like I remember some dude coming out to, when Manny's on deck. I'm on the top step, and some dude's like, "Manny, you're an F and B." We just look back, like quiet. We're hitting. We just look. Everybody on the top step looks back and is like, like, for what? For what? Like, just give me a reason why this situation happened. Like, why? And it was quiet. Everybody heard. The security went to him. Get your dumb ass over here and go this way, man. You <laughs> stupid. You just what? Get your dumb ass over here. And hopefully they ban people like that because that's just not. That's not sports. That's not sports. Now if he struck out. On the way back, ha ha, Manny screaming, ah, you suck, you struck. That is perfect. Manny probably walking back like, man, why not swing at that, man, damn. But just while he's on deck, just screaming, Manny, you're an F and B. Yeah. Everybody just like, it's like that slow look back, like, ah. Yeah. Excuse get your dumb ass over here. That's a D bag move, <laughs> no doubt about it. Now, I mean, the I, whole thing, yeah, the whole thing with the eighth inning beer sales, you're right. It doesn't make sense. It makes dollars. And to me, a little hypocritical, though, because Adam, you know, they put up this safety net to protect the kids from foul balls. They start the games earlier, but we're going to sell beer in the eighth inning. I mean, why is, why is uh, weed, le- why is weed not legal and alcohol is legal? Uh, well, it's, it's money. More legal. It's money. It, it was coming more legal, but. Why, why can you go and find any alcohol you can find in any corner in, in damn near in America, anytime, anytime? You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's money. It's money. Again, it, these are all things above my head. These are just things that I see as a culture and as a society that I grew up in. And, you know, growing up, I see you can go get liquor everywhere, right. anywhere. You can go get liquor everywhere at the store legally. But to go get, unfortunately, I grew up in an area where people was on dope. But to go get dope, it was no store for dope. It was a person that's like, hey, man, here you go. Here's the here's handoff. Go around back. Go around back. You know what I mean? Like, so it's money. It's, you know, again, that's above my pay grade. That's above my knowledge. But it's what I've seen. So what I was affected by, I should say. You know what I mean? Yep. Sure do. All right. Let's put a bow and tie on this podcast with a chance to win free food, something we both Ooh. love. It's our socially speaking segment, AJ, where we answer a tweet or social media post and you qualify for a Miss Shirley's gift card by rating our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Easy to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and sending us proof, some evidence, whether it be on our social media platform or email, social media at Adam Jones Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our email address, which I always have problems with. That is simply the Adam Jones pod at gmail.com. The Adam Jones pod at gmail.com. So this week, someone named Be More Dude wrote, quote, it's great to hear all-star center fielder Adam Jones perspective on everything from baseball to the World Cup football and everything in between. Jerry Coleman is also a breath of fresh air as he doesn't have any problem speaking the truth about the local teams, especially the Ravens who seem to have a clamp on local reporters, not Jerry. This is true. I don't carry the water for any of the local teams. I do root for the Orioles. I do root for the Ravens, but I'm not going to be a cheerleader for them when I'm in a uh, media capacity. It's not professional. 
Uh, just because they took your pass away, now you want to be all... Nobody's taking my pass away yet. Okay, Ravens. Okay, Orange, I'm going to tell the truth about you. The day they take my pass away, things Uh, will change. 180. (laughs) Hey, hey, I I mean, these these are what you want. You want to hear the fans telling you what they like and what they dislike. That's why we always tweet out, like, hey, what can we do to improve? That's what what it's about. You know what I mean? You want to please the fans and get... And to get their perspective and their interests. And, you know, my perspectives and stories are cool because I'm a big-ass fan. And I got time. And I got some money. A little bit. So I can go to all this crazy stuff. Like, we're looking at the uh, the World Cup for the women's in New Zealand and uh, in Australia. I just showed my wife like this, like, two days ago. And she's like, hmm, want to go? I, I'm just saying. Like, these are, these are you things. You got her hooked in Qatar. You got her hooked in Qatar, the men's hooked. version, oh, and yeah. now she's she thinking it. about going. Okay, nice job. Oh, 100 percent. She she thoroughly enjoyed that, and like, but we also want to go to New Zealand and go to Australia, and like, what would be a perfect time to be able to explore these these great cities, and then go to the game at night, and then do an explore the city in the day, go to the game at night, and it's in different locations, so you can tackle a couple cities in one location. That's that gets expensive, but why'd I work my ass off? All right, my two cents, and I'm not the travel expert your wife is, but if you do go to New Zealand, stay away from the volcanoes. I just saw a special on Netflix on volcanoes in New Zealand. It's not a pretty sight. I was in Japan for two years. You didn't tell me nothing about that, about the Ring of Fire. There was like 45 earthquakes that that went on uh, while I was in Japan. Good thing I was southern, so it didn't affect us as much, but when we went to Sendai where they had that uh, massive earthquake in type in tsunami was it's 12 years ago now i have a 10 year anniversary shirt that i got from the team um about that and like it's the ring of fire up there man they have them all the time it's nuts this world is nuts it's it is beautiful. you're seeing it it's but nuts. you're seeing it you've got a chance to see the globe all right we do want to thank our loyal dedicated sponsors please go out and support these folks the adam jones podcast is brought to you by the locally owned and operated miss shirley's cafe an award-winning breakfast brunch and lunch restaurant with three locations in maryland miss shirley's has been featured on food network's diners drive-ins and dives and triple d nation as well as travel channels food paradise miss shirley's cafe has also been named maryland's favorite restaurant by the restaurant association of maryland visit miss shirley's cafe in roland park inner harbor and annapolis go to miss shirley's.com also by BMW of Towson, home of the best service department in all of Baltimore. That's BMW of Towson, easily located just off York Road and exit 26A on 695. BMW of Towson, very customer friendly. By Be More Around Town, which is now booking for their hashtag orange road trips to Atlanta, Wrigley Field, San Francisco, which includes a pit stop in Napa Valley, and Yankee Stadium, among others. Learn more now at BeMoreAroundTown.com. By the very respected folks at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. To some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, and you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash. Plus, get up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
by Jack Daniels. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, it's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke. Ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit gleaf.com. gleaf.com offers free delivery. Medical cannabis is for Maryland patients only. And the Baltimore Banner. The Banner is offering six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. To get started, visit thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ. Also, thanks to our fine executive senior producer. He doesn't like when I use the word senior, but he's the veteran of this show. He is Chip Franklin for putting together this latest episode. Kudos to him. Go out and subscribe to the Baltimore Banner, folks. Be real, be kind, and be back next week, folks, for another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast. Thank you.